comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Mr. Stark. Yeah? Agent Coulson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from the uh, Strategic Homeland the... Intervention right, Enforcement yeah. Logistics Division. God, you need a new name for that. Yeah, I hear that a lot. That's being handled. That's what we do. Just call us sheep. So what have we been doing with our free time now that uh, we're not watching S.H.I.E.L.D.? Anybody? Watching any new shows? Trying I've anything been, different? I've been spending my time with Jack Bauer. Oh, I have not tried that yet. That's a bulk watch for me. That's uh, three or four at a time, definitely. It took me about two, you know, three years. It was just this past summer I finally watched the last 12 hours of the last season. So it was all like a year ago for me. Brad, you're all over 24, correct? Yeah, yeah, I love the Jack Bauer Power Hour. Um, big fan. I've been watching that. I've been also been watching Fargo. Very nice. Yeah, I'm really enjoying that. I haven't yeah. seen last night's, so no spoilers, please. Uh, I'm caught up. Uh, I'm just one behind. Russell? Pretty much the same. That and, of course, you know, six other podcasts and editing and, you know, posting and all that good stuff that it takes to help manage a semi-successful podcasting empire. Your your cookies in the mail, Russ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put your air quotes away when you say semi-successful. <laughs> Feel uh, free to take a 20 out of petty cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been I haven't gotten to 24 yet. I am watching Fargo. That's a lot of fun. I am watching The Wire on uh Amazon Instant and HBO Go and stuff like that. You know, that's one of the things that's been on the list for a long period of time and it's funny, we were mentioning on uh, Twitter or Facebook or something today how uh, it's funny how many people are all of a sudden watching The Wire, which ended in, what, 2008 or something like that? Yeah. Um, you know, because it hit the instant. Uh, HBO finally unleashed their collection on Amazon, I guess. Oh, I wanted to mention Louis. Uh, Louis C.K.'s show's back on for its fourth season, and uh, I've been watching that, too. It's good stuff. Excellent. Well, if you haven't guessed yet, uh, this is John, and we have Brad, Ken, and Russ are here with me uh, for the big season one wrap-up show. How are we doing, guys? Good. Well, doing well. Fabulous. So we figured we'd pop in. Uh, we left a Facebook thread to uh, generate some questions and comments about season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and uh, I think that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to follow that up with a big announcement. This is what's known as a teaser, right? Later on, there's a big announcement. This is a reason to stay with us, to stay with the show. So if we get start to, to drone on and get long and start channeling Bill McGonnell, you'll be able to have a reason to stay with us. So do we want to, I don't know, uh, overall impressions? We had a little time to think about season one and... Uh, you know, sit on it a little bit. I know we did overall impressions after the finale. Does anybody want to open with anything before we get to some comments and questions from our fans? I I guess I'll go first. I I think it did its job for a season one. Uh, you know, it's it's always hard to start something out the way they did. This has never been done before, where it's tied directly into a extremely successful movie franchise. Uh, you know, it, it took a little bit, maybe longer to get really rolling than I would have liked. But, you know, looking back at other TV series that, you know, span several seasons that kind of had this mythology going, you know, the first season is not always the most successful, uh, but it, it definitely kicked up into high gear towards the end. So, I mean, overall, I'm I'm happy with it. I mean, I'm, I'd, I'm happy to live in a world where the show exists rather than a world where it doesn't exist. You know, there's a, there's a lot of crappier TV out there for sure, especially on the on the the networks, because I, I don't watch a lot of actual 
I guess you call it big five network TV shows. There's very few that I actually watch. Most of any of the TV I watch is, is on the cable shows, FX, AMC, um, HBO, Showtime, you know, Cinemax, that kind of thing. So, you know, for, for it to really hold my interest over the season and, you know, actually have it be appointment TV viewing. I mean, and not just because we do this, this podcast, I mean, that has a lot to do with it, but I really believe that if, if not, I would still be watching this, um, you know, Tuesdays at seven central every week as it came out. Yeah. I, I thought about the season and how it ended and the, the, the trip it took with, uh, the reveal from Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and how that played into the into the series. And on reflecting on everything, I realized uh, that that was actually a really good thing for for this show. In that they they had a established world and Shield agency to work with. But now, coming out of season one, going to season two, the the slate really truly has been wiped clean. They they are not tied to anything else and the sky's the limit of what they can do uh so i'm really looking forward to see which direction they go and and how they they build up to this we have a lot of mysteries or a couple mysteries hanging out there between sky's origin and her father we have the breakout of um of the fridge which could go it can go either way they could become very interesting with some very cool villains who could have been in there now out there plus ones that we just haven't met yet um, or it could become turn into Freak of the Week. I'm hoping it won't there, and I kind of doubt it will, but that is a, is a risk. But the fact that the slate has been wiped clean and it can become whatever they want it to be, it to be without really tied to anything else is exciting. I'm pretty much you know in the same boat as you guys. I, I enjoyed the whole season. Some of it was better than the, the rest. I mean, you know, once the Captain America tie-in happened, show went off in a completely different direction. I think it that's what it needed. Um, part of me wishes that could have happened sooner in the series because it's possible more people would have stuck around, would have retained more viewers that way. But, um, you know, I'm happy about it. I didn't have a whole lot of problem with some of the things a lot of people did. Maybe I'm just easy to please and I don't like to think too much. Um, but I've... I've enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the next season. I'm thankful it's been renewed, and I think they've done a, a successful job in uh, integrating it, it into the movie universe, the, making it a part of the cinematic universe. And uh, you know, they they had probably just the amount, just the right amount of uh, guest stars and tie-ins and things to really make it feel like part of the same world. And I'm just overall, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, I think that's what I was most impressed with was how they were committed to intertwining it with the movies. Um, when the show opened, and I guess they were tying in with uh, Thor to the Dark World pretty early on in the series, I, I was a little bit nervous. You know, they were just kind of cleaning up after the fact of the movie and sort of mentioned the events, and I was worried that that's the way it was going to be. Um, sure enough, later in the series, we get Sif on the show, which was fantastic. And then the tie-in with uh, the Winter Soldier really nailed it. You know, they are definitely committed into making the TV show. I don't know if I want to call it on equal ground with the movies, but at least it's definitely intertwined. It's not just going to be mentioning and shouting out, you know, characters from the movies, which is cool. Yeah, I remember an interview um, I read not long ago uh, with the producers, I don't remember if it was Jed Whedon or somebody else on the team, but they're talking about uh, how they needed to, from early on, try to make it its own thing. They couldn't have a show where every every scene was, oh, Iron Man was just here. You just missed him. They, they, they couldn't do that kind of reference, and they had to tread that water, tread, you know, tread that line to figure out where to how to make it work. And so, yeah, we got the, the, early, the first Thor one was hit or miss depending on your point of view, the the Sif and then Winter Soldier, you know, as we said, nailed it. Um, but I think they recognized early on they had to make it its own. Yeah. And even including uh, you know, Agent Sitwell in Winter Soldier, you know, little touches like that were uh were very cool. Alright, so uh I guess we'll jump to the old Facebook thread and uh mentioned some things that our followers, friends, and, and listeners had wanted us to talk about. 
Um, it starts with, shockingly enough, Daryl Taylor. Daryl says, I think Sky is part Skrull, but what do you think she is? Anyone want to jump in on that? Is he Maybe saying we'll... that just, just to be silly? or I don't know. I, I think it's... Well, I guess we really haven't met a Skrull in the Marvel yeah. movie universe, right? And, because and they Skrull's were... off the table, right? I mean, just I believe in general, so. Skrull is off the table because Probably of Fantastic Probably because Four, of, right? yeah, the Fantastic Four tie-in. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, there's your answer, Daryl, if you were being serious, but I guess you probably weren't. Um, Skrulls are off the table. But what do we think Sky is? Maybe we can address that part of the question. What is she? I think it's... Not clear, but certainly strongly suggested she is alien in some way. Um, I still want to say Cree or, you know, in there somewhere. Uh, we didn't get enough of a look over of, of her quote-unquote dad uh, or whoever that was to know for sure. But uh, I'm still banking on that being our Cree being our bad guy. How about Inhuman? Is that a possibility? Possible. Yeah, that's real possible, actually. It because of all the evolution talk. And, yeah. uh, well, now. Oh, wow. You know what? I didn't even pick that up, but yeah. Because that was one of, uh, one of Raina's big words. Yeah, because the, the thing with the Inhumans are they all don't, they all could be related to one another, and they, none of them look alike. You know, they can all vastly different even though they could be related to one another so that's where you could have like her parents being considered monsters and she looked perfectly normal but have some other kind of latent ability so yeah i mean that's to me that's just as plausible as anything else at, uh, you know at this point moving on okay uh brian says can the series stand on its own without being tied into the marvel movies such as with winter so soldier Yes. I don't think I I think that's a moot point at this point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. They're not going to not make Marvel movies. The Marvel movie universe is not going away. And yeah, if if there's anything, no, there's no logical reason to not associate it with the Marvel universe, especially because it already Oh, it, it is yeah. associated. That if, I think if his, it will if his question is <clears throat> theoretically, could this show have survived on its own if there were no Marvel movie universes or Marvel movies? Um, it, it may be in another form, but not in the form in which it is now. I mean, I, people flocked to this TV show because they knew of Shield from the movies. If there was no Marvel movies, no ever uh, mention of Shield, and m they heard the news that hey, Marvel Comics is putting a TV show on. It's about this super spy world organization that protects the world from bad guys. It's called Shield, and uh, it's just a bunch of spies. I don't think the show would have lasted a season. Right? Maybe I I think the approach would have been completely different. Um, if it's not, if this stands on its own and there is no Marvel movie universe, then I think you have Nick Fury leading this team. I think you have maybe more overt references to some of the comic book characters because if they don't live in a movie franchise or they're not going to be pulled into a movie franchise, then it gives you a little more freedom to do your own thing in this show. But because it lives in that world, there's a lot of things that are hands off. So. I, I just I think I, I pretty much agree with you, Brad, that I think it could stand on its own, but not in this form, um, because at at this point, it's it's almost impossible to separate the two. Yeah, I, 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 I was thinking more what will season two bring us in that I think it will obviously be tied into the movie universe in that, yes, it's part of it, as Brad said, but I don't think we will have as heavily connected episodes um, two movies, mainly because the two movies we have that are adjacent to the series, you have Guardians of the Galaxy, which is just that, outside of the galaxy. Um, I'm counting on or expecting um, our Kree or whatever Sky's alien heritage is to be the minimal tie between between that. And I'm not even saying direct. I'm just saying, oh, there's Kree here, Kree there, or whatever. Uh, and then the Avengers comes out uh, beginning of May, I believe, which is right at the tail end of this. So it's going to be yeah. on the periphery at best of this. I do believe 
um, and probably more strongly than I should, that if she, whatever presence S.H.I.E.L.D. has in that movie obviously will have to come out of whatever this series does. I think um, that's a no-brainer, Ken. I don't think right. I don't think there's any reason you shouldn't think that. But I also think that kind of like how Winter Soldier drove the reveal in S.H.I.E.L.D. this season, it's going to be the same thing. They're going to have to write this series to whatever it is they put in Avengers, and not vice versa. You know, that's it's not absolutely the show dictating the, the the movie. Right, absolutely. They're when they sit down and write and put together if they haven't already, which I'm probably sure they have, their their general direction for season two, they're gonna they've got an end game that they have to yeah. finish up the season. They know with. where they have to get to. Exactly. So they're gonna yeah. be able to construct it that way and that feels like a good thing to me. You know, because <clears throat> whether you believe it or not, whether they knew where the the first season of S.H.I.E.L.D. was going to end up, you know, uh, in reference to the non-existence of S.H.I.E.L.D. after at the end of Captain America 2, whether you believe they writers knew that ahead of time or not, they ended up getting there maybe not the way they should have or maybe a little too late in the game, but they ended up getting there. But now they've they know, okay... Like you said, Avengers 2 comes out uh, in in May. We've got 20 episodes or whatever to get our characters from what happened now to the beginning of Avengers. And there's no way they there's no way they can't screw that. Uh, there's no way they can screw this up. I mean, it's too perfect of a situation. So Brian had a three-part question, so that was part one. Part two is, will it tie into the Netflix series at all? His guess is no. Uh, my, I have a, I'll just go first quickly because my guess is no for Daredevil, no for Iron Fist, uh, no for, what's the other one, Luke Cage? Luke Cage, yeah. yeah. Jessica Jones. And Jessica Jones, but possibly for the Defenders. When is... Be- yeah. When are all those season, those series starting? We have no idea. 2015 for Daredevil, it's first. But we don't know if there'll be another one in 2015 or if it's going to be one a yeah. year. or We really don't know anything past Daredevil, I don't think. No. No, they've been so very non-specific. If, the, if Daredevil's come out in 2015, I would assume that it would have to come out after the Avengers movie. So do you think they're writing it in that time frame, in that environment, after the events of Avengers 2? All I know is it is modern day, because there was some talk of these series possibly, or maybe it was just hope, uh, that these would all possibly take place in the 70s, 80s, things like that. I but think that uh, we, us, yeah. Yeah, we know that it is modern day. Well, it was also Joe Carnahan, okay. who wanted to make a Daredevil movie in the 70s. Um, right, right. So sweet Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no doubt we'll get that line though when it comes time for it. I could see them pulling out all the stops in the Defenders and tying in a little Coulson or um something for that. Yeah. I, I don't see a, a major tie in. However, Clark Gregg has said he's interested in having a cameo once or twice. You know, be the Nick Fury to this series as Nick Fury as Sam Jackson was to Shield. Uh, that was me embellishing it like that, but I guess I saw an article where someone said Clark Gregg wants in on Netflix, and he and his comment on Facebook was, "Now relax. I just meant I wanted the cameo. That would be cool." And that, that's all I saw of it. But uh, I could see something like that happening, but I can't see like a Shield presence uh, on these shows. It's 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 not that show. And I think we've said as much that they're not going to tie in that closely, other than being in the same world. Yeah. I would love to see. Coming up this season on Shield, I would love to see a Matt Murdock cameo. Since yeah, it's that would the be first, sweet. since it's the first series out of the gate, that would be a good way to tie it in. Yeah, it would. I think that would, you know, much like <clears throat> in the other comic universe, uh, the Flash TV show is coming out. Well, he debuted on Arrow, and uh, was well received. I think maybe not so much a full fledged appearance of Daredevil itself on the Shield show, but just the character Matt Murdock. I think. That would be a, a nice nod and a, a a good way to introduce a lot of people to the character and perhaps bring them to that Netflix show. 
Part three of Brian's question, what can be done to improve ratings? I'll would put going, Russell on the spot. Would going to another night help at all, Russell? Uh, I think it depends on, on what night. That's a tricky one because, you would know. Would more I, cleavage help, Russell? Uh, well, that always helps, but. No, that's interrupt, Russell. I'm sorry, before you go in. Now, they already said they're going an hour later, and they're going, I hate the, the word, but they're going darker, I believe, right? Or more serious or more, yeah. the tone is changing in season I, two. I've already read that much at least, right? Well, wouldn't you say, Ken, that the majority of season one ended up probably being the the wrong tone or not? Maybe not wrong, but it wasn't quite on the nose. Uh I think arguably, that, yeah. I think arguably, the first half of the season missed the mark a lot, and it finally got to where it was going right before the Captain America movie happened. You mean just the general pacing and all that, that kind of stuff? Because I, um, I enjoyed the pacing and the slow burn. I've said that on multiple occasions. No, There's I been did times too, where I thought it, 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 it they either didn't enjoyed, go far enough or went too far for their time slot. But I enjoyed the pacing, but I kind of felt like. On occasion, it there was something missing. Maybe it was too campy at one point, um, you know, with... with yeah, maybe uh, I could see that. And maybe more serious is the phrase I meant to read, I read or meant to say, that, that they're going to go a little more serious on the tone. But I think, the, I think the humor kind of works for the most part. But there was a couple times where maybe they... Some of the jokes didn't work, maybe? Well, yeah. I mean, humor always works, I think, regardless of... Any drama or, or um, genre that you're watching, I mean, uh, and I'm kind of being broad and generic right now, but you can watch a horror movie and you're thankful for that little bit of comedy that might happen. Uh, you can watch, personally, I can watch a serious drama and if there's one funny part, it kind of breaks that tension and gives me a, a space to breathe. You know, so I, I can believe a show or a movie and then have a, a laugh moment and be okay with it and even embrace that and get right back to the seriousness. So I agree with you. I, what I'm saying is I think that the comedy and the humor in the show worked. Um, I never, I don't think I ever really rolled my eyes at any of the humor or jokes that they tried to make or whatever, but I just think that back to your original point, I think maybe the phrase less camp might, even be a better way to put it, or that's what I hope for is a little less camp. Not that the not it was it wasn't Batman original TV show, right? You know, it wasn't Adam West campy, but there was on occasion there was a couple of, I you know, for for foremost in my mind is is the Deathstroke cosplay costume that it looked like he'd invented himself. You know, so I need a little more seriousness along those lines, I think. Right. Deathlock. Deathlock, yeah. What did I say? Deathstroke. Deathstroke. That's death, whatever. I, I think they've made strides to go in that direction. I think it got a lot of goodwill after the tie-in to Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I think it got a lot of good word of mouth. I think the move to eight to 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central is going to be a better move for them because... I mean, they went up against NCIS head-on all season long. Now, granted, they're going to be going up against NCIS LA, which still extremely high-rated show, but not the number one-rated drama on network television. Um, so, what's the lead so in? It, do you remember? Uh, I think it's going to be two comedies. I two think comedies, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so that you know, that may or may not have something good going for it. I think the structure that that the supposed structure that if that pans out, where they're going to do yeah. a block of episodes, they're going to do Agent Carter, and they're going to do another block. I think it's going to keep it in people's you know. Again, we get to appointment viewing or even DVR viewing. If you know it's going to be on every week, it you'll be less likely to get too far behind. So I think that's that's another plus. I think. A, uh, another thing they can do, and ABC is usually really good about this, they, they seem to have a good relationship with Netflix, and normally before the next season comes out, the previous season shows up on Netflix. So I think anybody that may have been on the fence for the season and just was like, oh, yeah, I heard a lot of people say it got really good at the end or it, it, it picked up um, will have the opportunity to binge watch it 
you know, before season two premieres. Um, also, Captain America: The Winter Soldier will be out on Blu-ray DVD about the time it gets ready to gear back up again. So I, th- I yeah, think I, they're doing a lot of little things that are going to help push it in to to better ratings. Yeah, usually the a uh, Netflix will get a series um, like the 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 previous season right around the same time the DVD box set will hit. So again, it happened at the same time. So I could ex- expect to see that usually right before, right as the new season starts up. Actually, looking at the timing, I think Captain America hits Blu-ray the disc on September 9th, which would be just before this season would probably start. Yeah. Um, the season two. So that's I wouldn't be surprised if that's when we see it all it all come together. Uh, also, I believe the show won or was in, rated very highly in a couple of TV guides um, end of this general season awards or ratings voting things like uh best redemption for a show best uh uh fight scene for of course the may war fighters like there's a couple of things in there but best redemption jumped out to me meaning like the show was on uneasy footing at best we'll say but it came back in a big way okay moving on uh deb wants to know is it possible that may is sky's mother I think it's possible, and I, in fact, I'd like to see that. Actually, I, I would. I would not. I, I think, think it was more possible earlier on, and became less possible as they fleshed some things out. Yeah, I think it's possible, but I would think that they're the way May is intertwined with her relationship. I would think it would be more obvious that that would be. Like she would, I I think she would be more in tune with that being a possibility, and she seems somewhat clueless or has just as big of a clue as maybe like Coulson does at this point. So I I wouldn't rule it out, but I I'm leaning more away from that than towards that. I think if you'd asked me this maybe like episode four, I would be more thinking that was a possibility. At the end of the season, I'm thinking less. And, and now that we know that. Sky's father is a monster of some sort, a bleeding, sticky, creepy guy. You know, who could that possibly be if May was the mother? You know, I don't know that it lines up anymore. It seems leaning more towards supernatural, alien. Um, That's how I took it anyway. Refresh my memory on what you just said about her father. Excuse me. Sure. At the end of the finale, uh, there's the bloody, creepy guy. Oh yeah, the the the, the moist, man. the moist right. guy. Yeah, okay. And yeah, Raina yeah. comes in and says, "We found your daughter." Right. Thank and you. It's a picture of Scott. Pete says, uh, "This is along the lines of Sky as well." I'll try to paraphrase and uh, do it quickly. Um, in the episode Seeds, we see the young Shield students working on a freezing device. It malfunctions, ends up giving Donnie Gill his powers. Uh, everybody recalls that, right? That episode? Yep. yep. Um, we are made to believe that the device brings on the storm that Coulson and the team get stuck in. But I was under the impression that the weather change was actually linked to Sky, who had just been told about her background. The way it was filmed and edited, she started to get overwhelmed with emotions just as the storm was brewing. The fact that her father glimpsed in shadows in the final episode, like we were just talking about, seemed to be dripping with water, may further indicate that her family may have some water weather-based power. Uh, possible or just a crackpot theory of mine? I Again, I guess possible. I didn't see that scene that way, and I would definitely have to look back at it. Did anybody else feel like they were showing her get emotional as the weather changed and there was any kind of correlation? Or I, I never made that the... connection. Yeah, I, no. I didn't. I, I noticed that, but I just thought it was a dramatic storytelling choice. I didn't right. think the two were connected. Yeah. We've seen her get pretty emotional in the rest of the season and no kind of weird happenings occurred like weather or you know stuff starting to rattle or shake or anything like that. So And especially... You know, when she found Koenig and, you know, realized that Ward was a traitor. I mean, she got really emotional, you know, for a little bit at that point. You know, while she was being captured and tortured, she was obviously 
uh, or when she was shot, she was, you know, for, up up to that point, she was fairly emotional, and we didn't see anything kind of crazy going on. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't make that connection either. All right, okay, Pete. So we're leaning towards crackpot theory, <laughs> but thanks for writing in. Uh, our very own Jim Dietz, who can be found on pretty much um, every other podcast on hwlod.com. Uh, what are the things you do and don't want to see in the next season? Mine short. I'll go. Uh, I don't want to see Freak of the Week. I don't want it to fall into that pattern. I agree with that. Agreed. I don't. I don't want to see a Ward redemption where he's back on as a part of the team and everybody's hunky dory. I agree with that as well. I'd like to see Ward die a horrible death. Can't argue with that one. That's too easy. Uh, no, it's not. I mean, it may be easy, but it's satisfying. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to see Colson go completely psychotic and, you know, bat crazy and go off the, off the reservation because of his, uh, alien, whatever he's got. I would like to see them explore that deeply, which I fully anticipate, but I, I don't want to see him go completely nuts and then just that be their quest for the next seven episodes or whatever. I think of all of the, you know, reoccurring special guests type things, I, I would like to see more Maria Hill. I think she fits really well with what the show is. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much they'll be using her in the movies. And, you know, Colby Smolder, Smolders is great. So that would be cool. I, I like Maria Hill in this setting. I expect we'll see her if we see her. It'll be in the context of, as I said earlier, what um, S.H.I.E.L.D. will look like come time for Avengers. Uh, Russ, you made the comment about how uh, she's working for Stark and Stark is in the business now of privatizing world security. Um it's it's been history in the comics that Stark funded the Avengers in the comics from time to time, so that kind of all fits as well. So I, I think as they start planting those seeds to get Shield to where it needs to be, like those are the kind of storylines or, or or appearances to support that we'll see here. I would expect, like the she like the, the Stark liaison to to Shield. Jason has a two parter. Uh, do you think Patton Oswalt's character will be a main cast member in season two or a reoccurring character in any way? I hope he's um, I hope he's at least reoccurring because I love that guy. I think it's uh I think it's wonderful and I think we even kind of um speculated that perhaps he's a the L M D model that they have and there's probably a hundred of them. Yeah, I'm gonna say reoccurring for right now. I don't know if they had the room for another main character cast member yet. Yeah, same same here. Yeah, reoccurring cameo, I would say. Uh, do you think we will get Graviton in Season 2? I'll just jump in quickly and say I, I don't think they would have went back to the well in the finale if we weren't going to get Graviton again down the road. Yeah, they made it very yeah. clear that, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Quinn took him. And he has well, he has a Gravitonium. Nobody knows that there's somebody in there. Um they all think it's just his Gravitonium, and that's the end of it. Yeah, I, I, we'll see him. Honestly, in season two, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Uh, yeah, you know, we I bet we might see him as at the the mid season finale before we ramp up for uh, Agent Carter. And lastly, uh, Malcolm says, "Do you think there will be an overarching villain next season, or will it be lots of rounding up the escapees?" Uh, and do you think there will be more supervillains? Yes. Yes, there will be more supervillains. I hope it's not just lots of rounding up, but there will be an overarching villain? I think so. I th I think the way these shows work is is that's that's kind of the, the way it goes. Well, there's an overarching arc that we'll be following. What that is, if it's Sky, if it's Coulson, if it's a mix of the two again... There's going to be an overarching arc, obviously. Whether or not it's tied to one specific villain or group, the way um, Centipede turned into Hydra, who knows. Um, I just hope, like I said, the lots of rounds of escape, roundup escapees, that's exactly what I'm hoping it's not. I, I think that that's going to be the freak of the week component. Yes. 
I could see, you know, five or six or more, hopefully not too many more, but I could see many episodes being a roundup and whether it has one little small tie in to the main story or whether it's pretty closely tied into the main right. story. Some weeks it will have nothing to do the, with the main the, story. The B story, or you get one little nugget at the in the tag that's going to advance the overall plot. Yeah, the classic filler episode you just described. And remind me, what's the status of Hydra right now? Oh, I think they're off the pig, off the table for Agents of Shield. I think I think they're gone. What do you I mean, Ken? Can... I mean, Hydra. What do you mean off the table. I mean, they're. I mean, I mean, what's his face at the at the end of uh, of uh, Cap Two? Yeah, no, no, no. Hydra exists in this universe. Hydra is not going to be the threat in Agents of Shield. I think. Um, oh, okay. I think I think Hydra was used as much as it needed to be to tie in with Cap. They went out of their way to show how Ward and uh, um, Garrett were were not. Were not Hydra. They were just affiliated with Hydra to meet their own ends. Even Ward remind us at the end, we're not, we're not really believing in Hydra now, are we? Um, with Shield starting from, from scratch, uh, there's not going to be a Hydra influence per se in there. Hydra's still out there in the in the unit in the in the bigger MCU, but I'm fully expecting them to play a, a role in maybe Avengers based off what we saw in the Captain America uh, tag. Uh, but I, I'm not expecting a major Hydra presence in, in this show next season. Okay, so thanks to everybody who uh, contributed to our little Facebook thread. Um, it was a fun season interacting with all those people. We always got good comments and and uh, on Twitter and Facebook, especially when we got to live tweet. That was always fun. Um it's always amazing to me how many people distract themselves away from their television program by tweeting about it during it, but uh, but uh, it's fun nonetheless. So now, for uh, the moment you probably didn't even know you were waiting for, uh, the big announcement about the S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, uh, I turn it over to Mr. Morgan. Uh, thank you, and I you know I came to this podcast uh, a little later in the season, but I appreciate being welcomed back into the fold by you gentlemen. It's been a fine, uh, it's a, been a privilege to serve with you. Yes, it has. But uh, unfortunately, I must announce that this episode will be the final episode of the Agents. Uh, oh, excuse me. As you, this will be the final episode of the Shield TV podcast. There will not be. Another episode of the Shield TV podcast. Say it ain't so, Ken. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Jinx, John. You owe me a Uh, code. We're not even editing that. We did not plan that whatsoever. That's how we're going to sync the audio tracks, actually. We're going to line up Brad and I. Uh, no, I, it's true. It's true. This is the final episode. We we are going to pull. Uh, I know it's Marvel. We're going to pull a DC and we're going to renumber. We are going to come back in July. I think we said with a new podcast. We have talks. We have teased. We have mentioned about Netflix shows. There's four series and a movie or another series coming out. There's of course the amazing content in the greater MCU that we always constantly discuss. And we thought it's time, it's necessary even, to um, expand this podcast into something greater. So starting in July, this program, this internet radio podcast that you have been enjoying, will be come back as it's all connected, the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, we'll be covering. Uh, okay, yeah. Any, any fanfare or anything? Or woo! Uh, no, it's going to give us a lot more flexibility to uh, cover in whatever sequence demands um, everything from the the movies, um, the, the 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 TV shows, Agents of Shield, Agent Carter, uh, Daredevil. As the other Netflix come out, um, I'm 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 hoping to. Uh, come back throughout the summer with some episodes uh, with the fine gentleman with us here talking about any news that may come out about the MCU. In fact, we're going to continue with this show with some of the, the, the news that's been coming out over the last several weeks since we've been off uh, about the MCU. 
Um, but really want to talk about, you know, like, for example, Gardens of the Galaxy coming out on August 1st. Um, our other podcast on the HHWLD network, Real Heroes, will, of course, continue to cover that. They have a, a mission to really get to the heart of the uh, the best and the worst of the comic movies and Gardens of the Galaxy and others will definitely be part of that. We will do our own Gardens of the Galaxy episode, uh, but really focus more on the the uh, the story itself. How it how it does or doesn't tie into the greater MCU, and, and look at it from that that angle. Um, we have done on the network through various shows uh, full commentary tracks for these all the Marvel movies as they've come out. Yet we still have not done Thor two. Um, Russ, I think John and I we were talking a little bit on offline about uh, doing a commentary track for Thor two to put onto It's All Connected and maybe even to kick it off with. We'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, um, what do you guys think of that whole idea? It's all connected. Yeah, and just just to be clear, the feed won't change, so it's not like you're going to have to subscribe to something mm -hmm. new. So it'll be seamless for everyone listening to this show. It's just this will be the last episode of this. Things will get renamed, and we will move forward. So let me dumb it down for mainly myself. Uh, when uh, we come back, we'll have a different show title. We'll be talking, you know about Guardians, maybe, a little bit, and then we'll hit S.H.I.E.L.D. hot and heavy when it starts. Yep. We'll talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. We're still called It's All Connected. S.H.I.E.L.D. goes off. Then we'll talk about the... Agent uh, Carter, probably. Yeah, Agent Carter, yeah, but we're still called It's All Connected, so it's it's it'll be like different chapters of the same show, depending on what Marvel entertainment thing is happening at the moment. Yeah, and I think their model is not to overlap any of this stuff, so we're really not going to have to change anything or overlap any of this stuff. Like you said, Brad, we'll you know we'll be talking Agents of Shield just like we did this season for the most part, and then when that show is over, rather than sitting around for half a year and trying to come up with show ideas, we'll have uh, Agent Carter to talk about, followed by probably the Daredevil episodes. Right. So it, it's cool in the fact that it's really just filling more cool Marvel TV and movie podcasting time rather than just waiting around for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we hope to turn you on to some stuff that maybe you weren't planning on getting into. You know, maybe you've been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know, you weren't really thinking about getting into Agent Carter or any of the other stuff that's coming out. So maybe we'll be able to, you know, show some people some new stuff and have some more fun. I think the, the big impetus for this, though, was the Netflix series. Like, once they announced they were going to do that, then... Because we've, we've always covered the news, like the other Marvel right. movie news, you know, and, and stuff comes up, and it's been a small segment of the show. Uh, but once once they announced that, I thought, you know, we just thought, well, instead of, you know, spinning up another show or, or you know, putting it into one of our other shows, it, it would just make more sense to just make this show, since we're already talking about marvel tv to have it include all of marvel tv and then while we're at it since it is all connected to you know bring in the the movie stuff as well so as as things expand you know into unknown directions we'll be we're kind of set up for it uh as far as the netflix stuff goes i don't know how we're gonna what the approach is going to be to that because netflix tends to dump all episodes out at at one time so uh, you know, obviously, without it being serialized, that that makes for an interesting challenge for us. So whether we, you know, take one episode a week, whether we decide to bundle them up and talk a few at a time, you know, who who knows? Uh, and I think it really is going to depend on, like John said, if they overlap or not. And I'm I'm more inclined to believe that this Netflix stuff is going to drop in the off season as opposed to, you know, while they're trying to to get people to view uh, the the stuff that's on ABC primetime. Yeah, and just to be clear, this is going to be, uh, uh, while it's expanding in content beyond Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into these other other uh, programs and into the movies more heavily than we have, um, it is strictly the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So you're, you're not going to see on this show discussions uh, of Spider-Man or X-Men or those other Marvel properties that are produced by other, other studios. This is really is going to be limited to, um, and there's enough to talk about, the, the Marvel Studios projects because they are hashtag all connected. Very good. So I, I think in the in the next few weeks before you get the next 
podcast, uh, you'll probably just see some changes around, maybe in the name of the Facebook group, the logos, the, you know, things like that, the, the look of the Twitter feed, possibly. And I don't think anybody's going to have to resubscribe or refined any of that stuff we're just going to kind of swap it out while you're not watching indeed so i think that's it for now any final uh any final notes any anything else any oh nope that's not it we do want to talk some marvel cinematic news before we split don't we in the time that we've been gone uh there's been several uh announcements about the mcu properties some Big ones, some not so big ones, some very exciting ones. So, uh, Russ, you seem to have your 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 thumb, your finger on the pulse of that. You want to right? You never use your thumb to find a pulse, Ken. I, I know. Yes. Yeah. Thumb has you, a pulse. Yeah, you will get your own pulse back. <clears throat> um, Thank yeah. you, doctor. <laughs> yes. Yes. <clears throat> I have. I have the training. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. So we got. So some big stuff happened uh, since since we've been gone. Uh, Drew Goddard, who was kind of headlining the Daredevil series for Netflix, decided to leave. And I know there's a lot of hubbub about that. And I think it just had to do with timing and other projects and stuff like that. My understanding is he's still staying on as an executive producer, but he's not going to be, uh, you know, showrunner as as we thought. Uh, So there's been a there's been a switch there. Um, but we've got some casting news for Daredevil, which is which is pretty exciting. Um, we have our Matt Murdock, and his name is Charlie Cox. So some of you may be familiar with him. I was not too familiar with him. He was in a movie called Stardust, which I actually saw, uh, and he's been in quite a few episodes of Boardwalk Empire, the HBO series that uh, I believe is at this point is, has wrapped up, um, or or will be wrapping up with this season. Uh, so that that was big, and then news. I guess it was yesterday that that broke. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah. uh, famous for uh, Law and Order. Uh, S, uh, oh, just say it, Men in Black. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Men in Black, and uh, and you know most people know him as Private Pile from uh, Full Metal Jacket, is going to be playing Wilson Fisk, and they were they're very specific and said Wilson Fisk. They did not say Kingpin, uh, but. So I don't know the approach that they're going, you know, there if, if he's going to be if this is going to be kind of maybe the rise of Wilson Fisk and we see him become the kingpin or if they're going to go full blown kingpin or what the scoop is. But uh, so, well, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that a little bit. and You guys are going to probably shoot this down really quickly. Does the MCU really name their villains or is it going to be like one of the thugs is just going to go, he's really he's really big now, man. He's taking over. He's the kingpin of crime, like as a throwaway line type of thing, and that's going to be it. Isn't they, that more their style than named, naming named, a guy the kingpin? They named Deathlock. Damn it. Well, Did they, mean, well, it was Project Deathlock. I mean, but I then guess they, started, they, they called him Deathlock the whole rest of the season then. Oh, yeah. oh Death, Deathlock's here? They, but they kind of, I can see what you're seeing, John, because they kind of did that with Hawkeye and Black Widow, right? Like they, they – They've referenced him as the Hawk. Like, you know, we saw Selvig say, you know, he said something about Barton, and he's like, oh, you mean the Hawk? And then he says, you know, he's up there. I don't know. I think they may have called him Hawkeye during the battle sequence, uh, but I think I think they refer to him mostly as Barton. And the same thing with Natasha. Like, they've, they've made reference to her as Widow, but even in S.H.I.E.L.D., they call her Romanoff, or they call her Natasha. Right, and the, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the Iron Man villains? Right. You know, they don't call them Iron Monger, and they didn't... Well, I guess the other one was more of a hybrid of a couple of different villains anyway, uh, Vanko. Yeah. Yeah, but did we did we not learn uh, from Girl in the Flower Dress? You, 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 never, you never give him a name. You just don't give them a name. I personally <laughs> hope that we hear him referred to as not necessarily the Kingpin, but Kingpin said this, Kingpin did this. I think that's a cool name. I'd rather hear much... much uh, more hear that than Mr. Fisk, except for his underlings, you know, uh, working his, his, uh, what's the Lex Luthor's dude in the movie? Otis. Yeah. And his Otis, I hope his Otis's call him, yo, Mr. Mr. Fisk or whatever, but you know, the, the, yeah, the thugs, the people on the street, you know, I, I hope they refer to him as, as Kingpin. I just think that sounds cool. You know, I wouldn't want to hear 
people say Wilson Fisk all the time. I think Kingpin sounds cool, and it certainly sounds cooler than Deathlock, but... As long as his hitman is Bullseye, I really don't care what they call him. <laughs> I'd be I, real I've, surprised if if they didn't at least have a reference to somebody called Bullseye. I'm pretty sure that's the next casting announcement we'll get. I think they'll they'll full on go that route. Uh, but but we'll see. So that that's really I mean, other than we talked about in the past, it's shooting in New York, it it airing sometime in 2015 we have no not even like there's no indication of early 2015 late 2015 um hard hard to say at at this point especially like i said because netflix drops them all at once so this is in a situation like with tv where you start feeding them out as they're still you know writing refining and shooting and doing special effects work so i i would be hard pressed i my guess is this is going to be maybe late summer 2015 um, as as opposed to like early like January February 2015, but hard to say, right? Um, so more news on the leaving side. So the internet kind of lost their minds a couple weeks ago when Edgar Wright left Ant Man, and I th- I think it was a big surprise for everyone because of how far along Ant Man was in development. That the casting was pretty much done. It sounded like they had a script. I don't think shooting actually uh, shooting hadn't actually started, but they were pretty far down the road. And given that this movie comes out in July of 2015, for them to lose their their head creative, you know, envision person, uh, is a, is seemed like a pretty big deal. Um, and there was a lot of talk and a lot of more searching. Adam McKay's name was thrown out there, and he declined. Um, and it looks like we we have Peyton Reed as the director, and Adam McKay is actually going to be writing. So I think it was just a, a matter of Adam McKay just having too much stuff going on with his own projects that he just didn't have time to dedicate to directing this. Uh, so kind of I, an interesting choice. I'm personally okay with Edgar Wright not directing this movie. That is not to say that I don't like Edgar Wright's stuff, because I do. The Cornetto trilogy is wonderful. Shaun of the Dead... Hot Fuzz, my personal favorite of the three, and At World's End, or The World's End. Uh, they're wonderful, but what I don't want, and what I think needs to happen, I don't want the Ant-Man movie to feel like an Edgar Wright movie. What I want it to feel like is a Marvel movie, and I think all the Marvel movies so far have been very successful in having that Marvel movie feel, and I have a feeling that Edgar Wright would put his own stamp on it, and while that would be good for Edgar Wright fans, myself included, I think it might feel out, a little out of place in the grand scheme of things. So yeah. I'm I'm okay. I don't know Peyton Reed from My Next Door Neighbor, whose name I don't know. It might be him. He may live next door to me and I wouldn't know. But uh, I'm okay with Edgar Wright not doing it. Um, I'm not worried about it. I, mean, I was a little more upset with losing Goddard uh, from Dale De- Daredevil. Yeah. Just because, uh, you know, I know Goddard. I like his stuff usually. Agreed. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of in Brad's camp. I mean, if this was the Eric O'Grady Ant-Man, I think I'd be a little more concerned that he was getting booted or that they parted ways. I shouldn't say booted off because I, I don't think that's what happened. Um uh, but given that it's kind of a more traditional Hank Pym, uh, uh, Scott Lang, Ant Man, I, I I kind of am in Brad's camp that it would have been more. The spotlight would have been more on it being an Edgar Wright deal than it would be an MCU deal. So having having said that, though, Russ, we all saw the test footage that Edgar Wright shot and yeah. cut together. It was yeah. wonderful. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, no dialogue, no, you know, no indication of plot, you know, whatever. So, you know, hard to say. Um, So it looks like we have a director for Doctor Strange, maybe. Uh, I guess Variety was reporting this a week ago and it hasn't been officially confirmed to my knowledge uh, that Scott Derrickson is going to be set to direct Doctor Strange. Now, they have no lead yet. but Scott Derrickson has directed Sinister and The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Those are kind of his two big ones. Uh, there's been a lot of talk recently that allegedly, I guess, Tom Hardy and 
uh, Benedict Cumberbatch are kind of in the the final running to play Doctor Strange, uh, but again, un- completely unsubstantiated. I, I I don't know if I'm real big on either one of those choices. Uh, that that's not. I guess that's Cumberbatch almost seems like the uh, like too obvious of a choice just because, um, you know, anytime there's in a like somebody eccentric like that, it, that that you know they throw him out there. But yeah, but if it worked, if it ain't broke, Russ. I mean, I would be thrilled with that. Of course, I haven't read a a, a large volume of Doctor Strange comics, but the guy—I've never seen him do anything I didn't like. No, true. I mean, yeah, it, it, like I said, it's not an indictment on Cumberbatch. I just, I, I just, I don't know. I guess I just thought of maybe a different direction. I know Jared Leto was thrown out there a lot uh, prior to this, and I think that was just even more wild speculation. Uh, it's it's funny. I was watching the my my niece and my nephew are visiting, and they're watching the Hulk and the Agents of Smash cartoon, and the Doctor Strange portrayed in that series is very young and has very long black hair with the beard. Uh, so it's funny when all that. I don't know if maybe that's why the Jared Leto stuff kind of kicked up because he's you know walking around these days with really long hair and a beard and and such. So not sure. I would guess that they're going with a different look uh, for Dr. Strange than probably the traditional. I think we were saying on, on Facebook as well, that he's probably one of the more dated characters. Sure. Um, so I think they're going to have to do something with this look. You know, I wouldn't expect the Tom Selleck look or the, you know, the big pompadour hair or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they're pro- they're going to have to make a move in that regard. So he could end up looking like, you know, anything pretty much. When I, I think, in general, for these things, it's probably smarter that they go younger rather than older because if they're looking to kind of carry on the franchise, you know, I mean, Robert Downey's been very candid with the fact that, you know, he's going to be pushing 50-plus by the time, or he's going to definitely be over 50 by the time the third Avengers movie comes out, and he's not really interested in doing a lot of these, you know, high-action flicks. So, you know, if, if they're hoping that Maybe one of these things is going to click. You know, if Doctor Strange ends up being the one that just clicks for whatever reason, and they're kind of tied into an older actor, you know, based based on the fact that they're going to pace these movies out three, four years apart, it it doesn't leave much room to kind of continue on a, a long term contract on the franchise um, with it. Um, also, looks like uh, Ken's got a couple things here. Uh, there's no, there's not going to be a short on the Captain America Two, the Winter or Captain America the Winter Soldier Blu-ray. So this will be the first. Rip off. Yeah, this will be the first one in a while they haven't done that. And my guess is they're just so busy with all this TV stuff that that's probably just gonna, you know, fall by the wayside at this point. I mean. Yeah, I mean we've looked at those to give us some little extra content. I mean, look at the whole idea of doing the one shot. They called the one shot just like in the comics. There's a one shot, one issue, give you a little bit of an extra story, and you move on. And a lot has come out of those between, you know, getting to know Sitwell and, of course, the Agent Carter most recently and the, and the, and Agent the Blake? epilogue, Agent Blake, and the epilogue to, uh, to the Mandarin. Uh, were some great stuff in, the, in those. So I, uh, I was a little disappointed to hear that we, we weren't going to get one, Cap. But then when you think about all the extra content we're getting between Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, and all the Netflix shows – that, yeah, their resources are being divided, so we, they really don't need it. But it, it, it's still disappointing to hear. Yep. So other than that, I, I can't think of any... I mean, there's been some rumor stuff about the Avengers 2 and and what's going to go on in that opening scene that we've seen some artwork for. But I think at this point, uh, maybe we'll save that to where we talk about some more spoiler if, spoilery stuff at also very early, you know, wild speculation at at this point. Cool. All right. So I guess that's it um, for the S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast in general. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps it. And uh, if, you know, like we said, keep an eye out for some changes to your social media stuff for the shield podcast and maybe the look of the website eventually. And uh, we'll be back soon with our first episode of it's all connected. Thanks. Have a good night. Good night. Good night. Hail Hydra.